everyone, I'm Joe Bauer, and welcome to another episode of Without a Path. The man you just heard plucking away on the guitar is a Cuban, Mexican, and and Puerto Rican guitarist by the name of Arturo Castro Nogueras, and he's currently working and living in Dusseldorf, Germany, but he gets back to Mexico quite a bit, as he'll tell you later on today's podcast. Oh yeah, he's my guest today. Arturo and I met up recently and chatted about a little bit of everything, about his childhood growing up in Mexico, what brought him to the guitar, and ultimately, what brought him here to Dusseldorf, Germany. Now, before we get on with the interview, uh, it's been a while since I've uploaded a podcast, so try to catch you up a little bit. Basically, the biggest thing that's new is I've once again redone withoutapath.com, so if you head over there now, it's going to look a little bit different than it did, uh, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago. I'm not going to go through every story that I've since put up, but the biggest ones would be a couple things out of Germany. First, we've got a, a little story about my trip along the Neckersteig and Castle Road in Baden-Württemberg. That probably all sounds like a bit of German nonsense, but it, it's pretty. It's very pretty. So if you go to withoutapath.com, scroll down a little bit, you could find the story hiking in Germany all on the Neckersteig and the Castle Road. And it's a little narrative video following a trip I did from Heidelberg along the Neckersteig, which is a multi-day hiking trail through Heidelberg, which maybe you have heard of, to some other smaller towns you definitely haven't heard of, like Neckergemund and Neckersteinach. And I don't even remember where. Oh, yeah, Eberbach. So plenty of Germanic-sounding towns. So go check that out if, uh, if, if, if you like. I hope you like. Another story that you could check out is also German. So much German happening. It's uh, called Wine on the Rhine, a German wine tasting in Mainz. My friend Christy Dietz of A Sausage Has Two invited me down to Mainz, Germany, which is uh, about an hour, a little over an hour south of where I live uh, along the Rhine River in Germany. And she invited me down to her wine tour. And so I brought my camera down and ended up making a little video about it. So if you go to withoutapath.com, that's there. So do go check those out. It won't take much time. Now, like I said, my guest today is Arturo Castro Nogueras. I first heard about Arturo through one of the various expatriate groups that exist in Dusseldorf, Germany, as exists in most parts of the world with a high immigrant population. And I have to admit, I'm not the most social person, and so I kind of made a goal over the past year or so to make myself be more social, and I saw this event that sounded interesting to me. It was a Wohnzimmer concert, and all that means is living room concert. Now, I don't know if this is a particularly German thing. I haven't seen it anywhere else, but I can't imagine that the concept of person playing music in a living room for people is unique to really any country, but... It's a thing here, Wohnzimmer concert, and Arturo was playing. I saw the description, uh, classical guitar, mixing his Latino influences with classical European music. I was sold. So I go to this Wohnzimmer concert, and he just did a phenomenal job. It was super interesting. So after the show, I reached out to him and asked him if he'd be interested in, in having a chat so I could hear a little bit more about his story and share it with you all. So let's get to it. I thought it'd just be interesting to have you talk about really the whole the whole journey because you were you born in Mexico? Yeah, I was born in Mexico. Born in Mexico, and now you're in Dusseldorf, and that's <laughs> not a usual no, no pairing. No. So I guess just if you could just start from the beginning, Mexico. Where where in Mexico were you yeah. born? 
I I was born in Querétaro, Mexico. That's in the center. It's a colonial city from um, very beautiful, you know, but it's not very well known outside of Mexico. But right now it has almost two million people, so you can imagine it's, it's not a small. It was in the moment maybe a small city. Now it's a it's a bigger industrial place. The thing is that the the idea of traveling about it has been always in my uh, present in my life because I've always been an immigrant. No? I come. My father was East Cuban. My mother is Mexican, half Puerto Rican. So the idea of traveling and and immig- uh, being an immigrant, being mixed, uh, it's just it's the normal, no. Normal thing. So I was born in Mexico, but then we moved um, to another city in, in, inside of Mexico two years later, and then eventually to Puerto Rico. And then I grew up in Puerto Rico. I lived there for 17 years, and we would travel all the time to see all, all our family in Mexico. No, we only only the, my my parents and my brother and sister were we moved over there. So we would go very often to Mexico. There would be always a lot of traveling, and eventually this this. Hmm, this idea of always being constant movement, uh, I think, is also that made me that uh, think that if I'm a musician and I want to do really like learn classical music, I have to come to the source. And, and the source was proceed. It's it's Europe, no, especially mm-hmm. Germany, maybe in because there there is this teacher I, I wanted to study with. So it's a I, I find it really interesting how how do we perceive because of our experiences and, and where we are born and and all these. We experience uh, other social issues and, and all, and, and what happens in the world today. No, mm-hmm. I, there is a so, sociologist from from uh, he's a Jamaican born, but he he studied in in Oxford in in, in UK, and he he said that uh, thinking with the Caribbean or or having the Caribbean to think with for him was a good thing because his 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 idea or his vision of the world was creolized from the beginning. And I think I, I, I that resi- uh, resonated in me so so much because for me the world is like that it's it's all mixed and it's always traveling and moving and now I mean we we belong to an era where it is fairly easy to travel it, I mean for my parents or for my grandparents even it was incredibly difficult no I mean I, I love to see these maps where you can see how much time would they take you in the 19th century to to travel for example from London. To other parts of the world and you would see like one week maybe going just yeah, a couple yeah, of yeah. towns down uh, one month one half a year you know all these and and right now it's just a, a matter of hours mm-hmm. so yeah that's a bit my my cultural background maybe <laughs> <laughs> so that's in, that's interesting that you said you've always been an immigrant did you feel like an immigrant living in Puerto Rico, obviously it's it's part of the United States, but same language. And yeah. I've I've been to Puerto Rico once. I've been to Mexico once, mm-hmm. but I imagine it's a much more similar culture than Puerto Rico to to maybe where I'm from in, in Cleveland. So did you feel Probably. completely like an immigrant? Because at well, least you could speak the language. Yeah, but the thing is that you growing up, I would have a different accent already. Mm-hmm. So that that kids would point at you like yeah, you're the different kid in the school, and you know you understand. Yeah, so yeah. and and. Yeah, definitely I was an immigrant in Puerto Rico, but also I have Puerto Rican family. So mm. from another side, I would feel kind of at home. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird that 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 feeling because everyone would ask me growing up, where do you feel from? From Puerto Rico, from Mexico. Now that I'm here, I mean, in Puerto Rico I was the Mex in the Mexican in Mexico. The Puerto Rican. Here I am, the Mexican, Puerto Rican, Cuban, <laughs> whatever. No, right. so it's always this. And so, so you're certainly an immigrant here, though. Like, there's yeah, no, yeah, exactly. But this idea of 
being in constant movement, you know, I, I, I've see, I think that it's something we've always done as human beings. I mean, we've moved around. And, and yeah, right now, I, I don't see it as something completely unnatural to whatever. I mean, what I like to do, I enjoy this, you know, of always being in constant experience of new people. And, and so yeah. how did you originally first pick up the guitar? And when you first picked up the guitar, was that in Mexico? And then did you inherently have an interest in classical music or was it pick up guitar and then whatever happened happened well the thing is my, my parents both are musicians so okay. it, music has always been a part of our of, of our life no mm-hmm. our family life so and guitar i started with several instruments before guitar i started with cello and, and also the piano and the hobo and with the guitar was something fairly late, like I was 12 or 13, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to play rock. <laughs> and uh, I think every uh, teenage kid had that phase. Yeah, and I think my parents were really chill about it if, if, uh, because they, they were just, they, they, they saw it as it, it was obligatory to do something with music. So when I, when I started with rock and broke my connection with classical music, they were like, okay, that, it's probably a phase, let's see what, how it works out. At least, but at least you're doing something with music. So try to be good at it, at least. No? Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, we used to play. I used to have. I used to have my rock bands, and you know, I would play a lot. But then I I discovered that there were you could play classical music on guitar. Mm-hmm. I probably was thirteen or fourteen, and that 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 I loved. I, I thought this is really cool because I really like this instrument, and I see that I can play cool music that is maybe a bit more complex and more profound in the sense of academic or whatever. No? Mm-hmm. So so that's why I started with classical music on the guitar. And so what kind of composers were you drawn to originally? Were, were they because now you're in Germany, were they mm-hmm. European composers or was it starting off with something more local? Interesting. I Yeah, I, I think definitely, you know, the presence of, of these, these very important composers like Bach or Beethoven, it was always there. No, this you cannot escape from, especially if you come in a family of musicians. <laughs> but um, my parents, they they love to play also some uh, classical Caribbean music or classical Mexican music, and and then that's definitely I've heard this all my life. So, but it's it's interesting because for for example, they would play this classical music from Puerto Rico, but at the same time they would play some um, Hungarian dances by Brahms. You know, it's a German composer, but still he has these Hungarian dances or or. or and it, it's interesting, no? or, or also from Liszt and the same idea. So I believe that the, that thing of mixing different rhythms from from what is like the core of classical music, which would be definitely Italian, German, and French, and I definitely have English part and uh-huh. Spanish part definitely. But the, the core you know, of the main composers we still play today, or they're they're often um, played, are are definitely these these three countries. And you have a lot of influences from other countries, which makes it, I think, so interesting. In the case, for example, of what you heard the other day, which was Puerto Rican music, no, and and, and Cuba and Mexican classical music. And so, yeah. how do you think those kind of styles blend? Because when I think of music coming from Latin America, mm-hmm. it's very different than yeah. traditional music coming from Europe. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, it it has to do with traditions, no, and 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 it's just. Just like anything else in our culture, it, it, it depends on the mixture. No? For example, there are dances that were first first developed in Latin America, but that are a result of music brought by Spanish immigrants. And then it returned to Europe. And then in Europe, 
she created another thing. And then a, a German composer like Bach or, or someone like that would compose a piece in a style, for example, of a Chacona. The Chacon of Bach right now is seen like this monumental piece of music, you know, like really solemn and, and important. But Chacona was a was a dirty dance, if you want, <laughs> of the 16th century, <laughs> of 17th century. And it was developed in Latin America. Interesting. You see, it, 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 this is music has, moves always with, with its people, no? That's that's why, for example, in Latin in, in the Caribbean, we have all these African um, African rhythms that blend and they mix also with the other tendencies there. And then we have Afro-Caribbean rhythms, and then these these rhythms are are very present still in the music today. You no, know, like reggae or reggaeton or or salsa or any any other um, um, yeah, expression of, of music of the Latin America. So I think it's it, it what's it gives the color and it gives the uh, a sense of uh, individuality as well to to people. That's culture, no? mm-hmm. so it's interesting that that to see that in music. The thing is that classical music is is just a tradition. What we consider classic classical music of Beethoven and, and Brahms and Mozart, you no, know, that's, that's just a tradition of the countries they're from. But that doesn't mean at the end what we what we like about this music is that it's a it's a work of art that it's 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 search for a specific technical things to and create specific sounds and every everything is and it's really complex no which by no other means undermines other type of music that's that's why this fight always is about no but i just believe it's another type of tradition and way of making music and creating culture so okay and i'm interested to hear more too though about the I don't know if your your maestro or teacher mm-hmm. that you you followed here specifically to Dusseldorf. Can you talk a little bit how you first came across him, and then what, how how you made that transition from was it from Puerto Rico to Germany? Puerto Rico, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, he he's a very famous teacher. No, he's a, he's well known. He's an amazing guitarist, amazing composer, and and he's I consider him a, a genius as a, as a as a as a guitar teacher. And so it was like when I. F- heard about him and I googled where where he was uh, he's Cuban so he, he, but I knew he was here in Europe so I googled where he worked and I found that it was in Dusseldorf at that time I didn't know anything so about did Dusseldorf. you even know what Dusseldorf no <laughs> I was like okay it's a city in Germany okay where <laughs> what part of Germany and then I googled it and I yeah and I came here to to meet him the thing is that he studied in Cuba at the same time as my parents they studied in in uh, Instituto Superior del Arte in um, in Havana in 86 or something like that and and he was there at that time and then after that he came to Europe to to continue his studies and my parents went to Mexico so they they knew each other and they knew about him at that time he was already everybody knew about him no he was already doing a lot of of stuff and really so they so yeah I followed him here I just bought a ticket to Dusseldorf came to meet him and and when I yeah, and when I talked to him, I don't know who was more impressive, if if it was me or him, because he knew my parents when they were still dating, no? And suddenly, <laughs> twenty five years later, yeah. comes a guy that looks like both of them. I've like, <laughs> seen you before. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and for me, he was a star, no? He is still, no? It's like it's just to meet this person. It's like, wow, this. You're the teacher of all the great players that I know, I've heard about, and I've heard your CDs, and you're just an amazing figure in the guitar, and I'm here in front of you suddenly, no? So, yeah, it was a nice experience. And changing to Dusseldorf, well, at the beginning, 
it's a it's a, it's exciting you know like going to any new place i think it's um germany it's complicated in many ways because it presents a lot of challenges of um it expects a lot of you i think no german culture is tends to be very in, in many ways very organized very uh, has a very uh, clear structure and i i think there is there are a lot of wonderful things here but on the other hand coming also from from a latin background It, it's a real shock, especially the language, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> I've, I've so, always said that, ha having lived in Costa Rica and uh, then now Germany, that I, I, I want a more Latin American outlook on life, mm -hmm. but blended with like German trains and some of that efficiency. Like I think there's definitely a lot to be learned from one another. Yeah, yeah I, I agree totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah German infrastructure is great. So what? Uh, it But it's okay if you're 15 minutes later, or you know, then everything <laughs> needs to be so. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I, I think that um, one thing, and this comes as as no mean as as any criticism or anything. But I think that, for example, because we are used to many things not not working the the, the way they should be working, we are used to improvising all the time. And uh, what happened here is exactly the opposite because they 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 are used to that things work. No, I mean trains are still late and things, but still mm -hmm. things work. Mm -hmm. So they, they are not that used to improvising. Mm -hmm. So I think that in that sense, and uh, that this comes from personal experience, I I am able to improvise easy, more easier than than maybe. Um, For example, as, 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 uh, when I was teaching at some school, and I remember I did a mistake with the, with the timetables. I don't know. I just said the schedule. I told two students to come at the same time. You know, it's, just, it's a dumb thing. You, you can, you, sometimes you make this mistake. Mm -hmm. The Germans were pissed. My boss was pissed. <laughs> it's like, how could, you, how could you do something like that? And it was like, yeah, I fixed it in 10 minutes. I just talked <laughs> with one mother and the other mother. I convinced them if they could give me a break here, blah. It was fixed because mm. for us that's normal. <laughs> that happens often. Problems with the schedule, people coming late. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this I think is very important of the of of our Latin, at least a Latin American way of seeing life is that you improvise a lot mm -hmm. in your daily life. No, you don't expect that everything is going to work out perfectly. Right. So and so, how long have you been in Germany now? Almost seven years. Wow. I turn. I think it's uh, now end end of March. Seven years. And are you still studying, or, or are you just full time performing? I finished my studies two years ago, yeah. and and uh, and I'm performing and also working here as a teacher. So I do both, and I also yeah again the thing same thing with traveling. My my girlfriend lives in Mexico actually, currently. So we we I travel a lot to see her, you know, and, and and develop also projects in Mexico and. And the nice thing is that I, I like to be, I think that I like to be in constant movement, the same thing. And the reason is, I, I believe that I, I love living in Germany, but I cannot be here the 365 days a year. <laughs> I, I just cannot do it. I, I At least, the worst for me is, is the winter. I'm not right, used yeah. to that. It's, it's just difficult. But as somebody in constant movement, is there any place that you would feel okay being there for 365 days? That's the thing. Probably They, not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, that's why I, I, I try to see it as I think Germany is a great base to be. Mm -hmm. And it's very central, at least inside of Europe. And also you can be in, I mean, I'm in Mexico in 10 hours no? Mm -hmm. so it's a long flight, but still it's not. Uh, so so I like it here. I, I, I don't have no intention, at least in the next coming years, to move. 
but always having this. Uh, I like to at least once a month or something. Sure. And so I'm, I'm curious. You mentioned that you're doing some projects in Mexico that you yeah. go back for. Could you talk about any of them? Yeah, sure. I I'm doing one of the projects is with. Um, I want to work, work with younger generations. I've worked with, for example, the Youth Institute from Mexico City and also from Querétaro. And the point is either doing a conference or a concert with the conference or just talking to them or giving some courses or workshops and I, I really do believe in, in this type of work. The thing is, it's interesting because when I go there, uh, people tend to com uh, complain a lot that, that, yeah, of course, the, the cultural development, the, the way that the orchestras work, the music schools, everything is not as advanced as here. As, as here. And I understand properly, of course, but there is this, this historical um, difference that is mm -hmm. obvious. No? So when i when i see this i just see that there's a lot of work to be done in mexico and here in germany even though there is i think there is there are there there are also a lot of very competent people that but like a lot of people mm -hmm. that that can do this type of work and then the, the the type of work of that has to be done in germany i think of course is reforming a lot of things but on the other hand it's just continuing this and making sure that it doesn't go away no germany has i think it's like 70 or 72 uh, opera houses that just are, are financed by the state. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, where do you have that? That's crazy. In a, in a country like Germany, that's... So, yeah. But that, uh, I mean, the United States has another model, which is mm -hmm. my, more like with uh, with funding from uh, private sponsors right. and things yeah. like that. So I think that in Mexico, you have like this uh, strange um, middle point where... It's none, none of these two things, no? Mm -hmm. So I think there is a lot of work to be done to... I mean, you have great orchestra, you have great musicians, great teachers, great mm -hmm. schools, that, that, that definitely... But it's still a big country that you can do a lot more. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's a great way, I believe, to counteract also so much violence. And, and I mean, the reason you have all the time people getting into... In, into you say like narcotrafico, uh, uh, drug yeah. dealing, and all this is mm -hmm. has to do with uh, a lot. A, a big part of it has to do with uh, poverty. Mm -hmm. So if you have a kid that is growing up and he's working on the fields of poppy fields or whatever, and you see that he just wants to be um, the guy with the gun and the hold the, all the money, no? But it's totally normal that to see that. So you have to. I think that culture, music, uh, uh, all, all these working towards. A, creative thing and not destroying it's definitely positive for for younger generations i think have you kind of seen seen this idea take hold in, in any kids you've worked with in mexico kids who have didn't really necessarily have anything they were doing after mm -hmm. school but then you started showing them some things on the guitar talked mm -hmm. about music and see them like kind of like the lights go on and, and get really hooked Well, the thing is that I have been have the chance of working with uh, a long span of, of mm -hmm. years. It's something I've started doing like two, three years ago. Okay. And the reason is because at the beginning I, I couldn't travel that much. No, I was just studying here. So now that I'm able to, I'm going to Mexico like almost three, almost sometimes four times a year. So it uh, gives me the ability of always having something. Um, I believe... At least for now, the conf for example, these small conferences or things that I do, 
I think that I, what I try to do is just inspire a little bit and, and, and just say, like, look, I'm a Mexican, but I've studied in Germany. I'm not rich. So the, the reason I did it was just trying to find, like, crazy scholarships or, or sponsors from people people that could help me. And it's possible, no? And, and follow your dreams. If you want to do this or that or whatever, just... It's, there is always an option to this... Um, at least, for example, in Puerto Rico, it's very normal to see... a. Uh, a lot of a pessimistic attitude no? towards, and, and, and I understand why it's uh, people, people sometimes they can feel um, like there's really not much, much to, to life more than what they see. No? And it's not, it's not the case. I think that you can really work towards a dream and, 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 and really work towards something that helps others in society. No? Mm-hmm. And that, that I think is, a, is a, what, I, what I would like to do. So of course I mix this with concerts. I mix this with um, anything I can do in Mexico, which is yeah, going to new places and also playing. And you know, mm-hmm. has to. I think it's a. It's like one big thing. And I was curious to to close on something you mentioned at the beginning. Like one of the first things I asked you, you immediately talked about being an immigrant. Is that something important for you to identify with and talk about frequently, especially in this, whether it's in the U.S. or even mm-hmm. here in Germany, the the problems certain people have had with accepting immigrants is that something that's important for you to kind of say out from the get get go that hmm. i'm an immigrant well i like to see it as a liberating thing mm-hmm. is it really takes out the label i mean it's it's a label by itself but in, in the other sense it's it's a label it takes a label of of the identifying with one country i i think i like to think that i I cannot identify 100% with Mexico right now, or Puerto Rico or or Germany even. I mean, it but that liberates me in a way. It makes me more more fluent uh, in in the way that I can. For example, a, a nice example I like is that having friends from all over the world here as well. It's like I can see a comedy show in, from from a Mexican comedian, and I understand the the, the inside jokes. If I see a, an American comedian, the same. If I see a German comedian, maybe not hundred <laughs> percent, but still, let's say that one part of it definitely I'm gonna understand. Ah. Um, I can do that also with Spanish comedians. I can do that, and 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 like that, the list goes on. And the reason is because I've always been curious about just absorbing all you can uh, to understand these small nuances in every culture, or at least the cultures I've been in, to- in mm-hmm. contact with. So the idea of being an immigrant, I think it, it just relates you to this fluid being of, of being able to identify with different cultures and understand and, and, and love things from different cultures and also, of course, accept, respect and whatever. And I think we have a, well, we live in, in, in a time which I, I, I think are extremely interesting, but also a bit complicated. I, I, I sometimes try to be optimistic, but sometimes it's very difficult. And and the reason is, uh, I, I think that just try to be as positive and open up about this subject is is, is the only reason, is the only chance we have somehow. No, I believe that nationalism is something that that can 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 occur naturally and also is is nice, but also nationalism without self criticism, I think it's just. Mm-hmm. You you have so, you can you can have something very dangerous, mm-hmm. so that's why the idea um, of of, identif- of identifying yourself in a way that it's 
you're more free about about the cultures. It's not like uh, I'm, and, and and I mean, the states is a great example because of, it's a nation at the end um, created by immigrants. Exactly. Know? Yeah. I come from. Uh, I grew up in a country that was also created by immigrants. I mean, the, the Taíno traditions of the indigenous people of Puerto Rico are very little. No? It's, it's not. It's not something that is, is huge like in Mexico. No, these tribes were exterminated in the beginning. So you still have Taínos. You still have a lot of work of, of of their language. You have a lot of food and things, but it's not as significant, I think, as in happens, for example, in South America, like in Peru or you know, or in Mexico. So. The idea of the mixture is always there. It's always going to be there. You cannot deny it. You cannot go against it. And it, it is important just to be open to this. No? And, and of course, it, it, the point is tolerance. And, and you have to be tolerant, but also you, you're, you're expecting that the other person that either come to your country or, or is tolerant as well. No? something that I admire about a guy like Arturo is he is completely devoted to his craft and his craft being of course classical guitar whereas I, I like to do so much of so many different things that I don't feel like I'm truly a master in just one thing I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing some people say oh uh a jack of all trades is a master of none and that might be true but we don't need a lot of masters of a lot of things you know it's okay to have people who are good at lots of different things and i i, I feel like i kind of fall in that bucket but sometimes when i when i hear arturo play or i see a video of him playing i just like wow i <laughs> wish i was that good at one thing but i'm not but it's probably for the best because i i can't even fathom how many hours have gone into getting as good as he currently is, I, I probably would not have the patience for it. So kudos to him. And that's today's show. My thanks to Arturo Castro Nogueras. If you want to follow up on his music, you can find him at www.arturoguitar.com. That's A-R-T-U-R-O guitar.com. And of course, if you want to connect with me, I'm withoutapath.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Bauer Joe. If you're subscribed to the withoutapath.com newsletter and you got this uh, email from me about the European Union's new GDPR law. I hope I did it right, and I hope it didn't scare anybody off, and I hope you're, you're going to be sticking around. All right, that's it from me this week. Thanks, as always, for listening, and we'll be back again soon. <laughs>